With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. A day early, uh, an end to the Boxing Day Test match. That means they get six days rest, these cricketers going into the Sydney Test match. Um, Before we get to the market on that one, Tristan, love to get your thoughts on yeah, we're trying to work out, aren't we? Is this a really poor South African side? Is it a really good Australian side? Or is it a combination of the two? I think it's probably a combination of, of the two. I, I think um, the, the the Aussie test side at the moment is, is world-class, particularly on our conditions. Um, I, I think the batting side, I, I think they are vulnerable, the Aussies, if, if you can get to them early. But once they get set, they're very, very hard to, to get out. And, and, and I think the South African side probably did what a lot of us and the market suggested would occur where they they showed periods of really good intensity with the ball, but their batting lineup is just so subpar. And, and, and I know, you know, the pitch played a lot of, uh, was, was a major talking point at the Gabba. Um, but I, I think both Jared and I touched on it, that some of the batting by the South Africans in that test were, was pretty ordinary. And obviously the greenness of it, you know, probably gave them some excuses, but the way they performed and some of the poor decisions, um, you know, a couple of those runouts there yesterday were were disgraceful for, for Test cricket when your sides up up against the wall, and and I think you'd have to feel pretty disappointed. Like some of those bowlers just ripped in, even like seeing how they bowled to Warner and, and when he was trying to get his two hundred and the, the one hundred and fifty k barrage that he was up against. Um, you know, they, they they kept putting in the bowlers, but the batting batting lineup and it's been the same for a number of years now is just subpar. So it'll be interesting now. We got a, we got a really uh, tough test coming up over the next six months where obviously conditions are going to be a lot different in India and then we go to the Ashes where there's been a lot of talk about baseball. So I think that's going to give us a really good indication of where we sit as a nation because it's easy to win at home but it's a lot more difficult to win away. So um, I, I, I was surprised at how meekly South Africa folded because I thought they would show a bit more spine but I think the betting markets indicated exactly how it played out. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Tristan. I think those next two test series will actually tell us a lot more about where Australia might sit right now. Jimmy, this is a very, very weak and poor South African test team. And there's two or three guys in their batting lineup who are just not test standard. And, you know, some of them have just, you know, really been very poor, searching for the ball, not really seeing it, not really uh, capable of playing at this level. Um, You know, I think Australia's been very good, but, gee, the opposition is very meek. Uh, Carl Varane is the guy that's probably um, enhanced his reputation. Uh, wicketkeeper batsman or batsman wicketkeeper batting in the in the top six. Marco Jansen shows that he's got something. Onrik Norke is amazing and really, really good. And beyond that, I mean, poor old Dean Elgar um, may lose the South African captaincy on the back of a very disappointing series and some really bad captaincy, some really, um, really poor at different stages. What about, do you reckon, Tristan, so... I mean, it was almost complete domination by Australia. and But but there was a time there, I reckon, the, the price would have got out for Australia. I think they started at $1.31. 
was there a, a better price you could have got at some stage when they were one for 50 odd South Africa? It was a brave decision from Pat Cummins to win the toss and bowl on that pitch. Oh, for sure. And and, and I think even uh, listening to the commentary throughout the course of that morning, uh, the, the South African side did start very, very well. They were, they were none for 29, as you say, and then one for 55. And, um, and, and I think the old saying is on Boxing Day in particular, you, you, you win the toss and bat. And if, if you don't win the toss and bat, you think about batting and you think about bowling and still bat. And, and, and I think that that narrative's been built, I think, over the years when we've had a lot of batting captains, you know, where you're, you're Ricky Pondings, you're Alan Borders, you're Steve Wars. Um, and, and obviously, you know, that, that's just been the template for Test cricket for so long. But when you get a bowler come in there and they see a little bit of uh, energy in the surface and you say, well, we've got these guys on the rope, it's a really aggressive decision to make. But when they've started well and there didn't appear to be a hell of a lot of movement, the, the questions immediately start to arise. And, and I think at the start of this test, there was still a lot of people that were saying, oh, well, South Africa, a bit unlucky with the, the wicket that was served up at the Gabba. So there was those doubts over and the market did react to it. It drifted from around about $1.31 out to $1.45. Um, and then it shortened up when when the first wicket fell at around about the 30, 30 run mark. And then it drifted out again when the when the, the first stand was going okay. It got out to around about that dollar forty five mark again. But then when the collapse came, then it just uh, was all over. The, the betting collapsed into about a dollar ten very very quickly around lunchtime. So the interesting part around that is it wasn't bowling that got them that second wicket. It was fielding. Fielding got them a horrible run out. Um, great bit of fielding from Manus Labuschagne, and then they just continued on from there so so I'm, I'm saying that in in terms of this sydney test match you better give us the market for that one we're not quite sure what the lineup is going to be for australia but there might be an opportunity to say okay i might wait a little while and perhaps get a better better price for the australians but you know i understand they're short and justifiably so yeah it's it's a it's a real tricky uh tricky one to price because there is a lot of uncertainty around the the, uh, the the lineups at the moment, but the Aussies are a dollar twenty five, the draw six dollars, and South Africa at ten dollars. So they're very very firm. And, and yes, you know you, you can you can try to um, suppose, <coughs> wait wait for a for a team to drift uh, based on the the action that's in play. But it's always difficult to time that right as well. It's easy in hindsight. So I could have grabbed the dollar forty five, but obviously when you see the South Africans cruising like they were, it, it's interesting. It's an interesting time to pull the trigger. So. Um, yeah, the Aussies are very firm, $1.25. There's going to be a lot of discussion over who makes the side. You'd have to expect, and I think it's been confirmed, Stark won't play, which which will make that decision a lot easier between uh, Hazelwood and Boland. But then, um, I, you know, I'd love to see Michael Nisa get another go at, in the all-rounder spot. You know, he's born in South Africa. I think it would be a great opportunity to play against his home nation. And, uh, and I think he uh, acquitted himself really, really well particularly after that first test and, and, and a previous test earlier on. So I, I, if I'm the selectors, they're, they're probably the two that I bring in, bring in Hazelwood and Nisa, but um, you know, there's still a few queries over all of that. Just on the commentary, um, gentlemen, Ricky Ponting, what a pleasure to listen to him in commentary now. And he's grown into that role over the last two years. In, in my opinion, I think he's an absolute standout now as the number one cricket commentator anywhere in the world. And so insightful, especially in test cricket. So humble to go with it too. Like yeah. you know, there's yeah. a humility to go with about you know. You name any world, you name any Australian Test eleven of all time, and Ricky Ponting's in it. But you wouldn't know it um, mm. if, if you were. Uh, and then the other thing about it is that uh, so insight uh, moment knows the moment humility, um, and also is probably going to have a job for another five years because it looks like Channel Seven is going to sign up for the broadcast rights again, which is incredible to think that that is going to happen when they're actually in court. 
with Cricket Australia around the Big Bash, which brings us to that very neatly. Tristan, how's it been? Like, I think the reception to the Big Bash has improved. TV ratings have gone up from last year. Certainly crowd numbers have gone up from last year as well. Is that reflected in your holds on the games? It has. And and, and I think maybe, um, you know, like everything's intertwined. You know, like people can only watch so much cricket or they can only be engaged in so much sport. And I think this time last year, we, we were all very vocal on this show and obviously on our Keeping Watch podcast about how the Big Bash didn't quite hit the mark last year. And I think it was on the back of such high quality test cricket as well, where everyone was captivated and engaged by the test cricket. And, and maybe by the time the Big Bash rolled around, it was uh, it was time to do something else in the evening, where I think it's that, that's probably contributed as well, that the standard's been a lot better. We've had a couple of international players just to see Dre Russ come out here and turn a game like he did last week. That was that was really impressive. And yeah, the turnover from our perspective has been really good. Um, the Scorchers are, are the favourites now, but it's still a very, very open betting. They're, they're 370, the Hurricanes 420, the Sixers 550, the Strikers $6 and the Renegades 750, the Thunder 10. So it, it's been it's been good. There's been some high quality knocks, um, you know, a couple of players going out there and, and performing and um, and yeah, I've, I've been quite impressed with how the Big Bash just turned slightly and the betting turnovers uh, followed with it. I mean, you, you touch on the um, the broadcast negotiations and it's uh, there's been some discussion around this over recent years. We're now starting to see the impact of the big streaming services and them wanting to get hold of Australian sport. And so CBS, uh, and they use Paramount for their streaming of uh, who own Channel 10, clearly uh, came into play with a very significant offer around cricket. But it sets a very interesting scene into the next broadcast deal for Rugby League uh, because I'm sure that CBS at Paramount um, are going to want to be a major player in that. And in the background, we're seeing in the US that uh, both Amazon and Disney uh, have been major players uh, in the NFL market. Um, so it might not all be Foxtel in the future, or it may be because we now have a lot of competition around what the broadcast deal will be and elevating the price. Yeah, Apple got involved in Major League Soccer too. They put on a, a 10-year deal as well. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you're Paramount Plus, you're getting uh, you're sort of left at the bride, uh, at the altar, the jilted bride type situation, aren't you? They've, they've offered $1.5 billion, but... The, the problem is that there's a concern around the audience that they bring. And there's also a concern around the technology that they have with Paramount Plus. I think you speak to any A-League fan and they get really disappointed with the uh, the technology that's available to them, which I think Paramount have said, yeah, yeah, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. Well, they haven't yet. And um, that's the real concern. Um, all right. Uh, just on those, Scorchers always there and the Strikers who will get Travis Head and Alex Carey back. I reckon that's where uh, the bit of value lies in that one for taking out BBL uh, 12. 